What's up, what's up? Today we have got Kat on the pod. Say what up, Kat. Hi. Today we are going to be talking a little bit about meditation and yoga with Kat. So Kat, I want you to introduce yourself, please. So my name is Kat. I'm a yoga meditation teacher here in New York. Um, and I grew up in New York. Alexa and I met about, I think, three years ago. Um, my boyfriend, Ben, introduced us. They met at Cryofuel. Um, for those of you that know, don't know, it's a cryotherapy studio down in Tribeca. Um, they really hit it off, and he came home, and he was like, you have to meet Alexa. You guys are going to really kick it off. So we got introduced, and we haven't stopped talking ever since. We actually <laughs> met at Cryofuel, and her boyfriend was like, Alexa, meet Kat. And, like, that's all he had to say. We immediately <laughs> took off from there, and... Uh, we haven't stopped. So with that being said, I really wanted to bring Kat on because she and I have worked on a few events together, but specifically she captivates me with her meditation techniques. And I think today a lot of people struggle on a way of finding how they can become one with themselves, stay in a patient mind. And I think Kat has done one of the best jobs of New York practitioners that I've seen. So I just wanted to bring her on and kind of give you guys the process of her lifestyle, how she goes about it, her work life, how she balances things, and so on and so forth. So let's get started. So personally, I want to know what your day-to-day is like as a yoga instructor, as a meditation coach, and of those two, which do you focus the most on? Um, so currently, I'll answer your last question first, because that's the one I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> so out of yoga and meditation, I definitely teach a lot more yoga. Um, I think just based on how insanely fast-paced New York is and how much people love to work out in New York, it's definitely a more popular choice among people. Um, but with that said, there's a lot more people wanting to meditate and start a daily practice. And I think it's a, there's a huge need for meditation and for everyone to have a daily practice in New York, especially New York, since we're moving so fast. Um, we're getting things done left and right, and we definitely need meditation to help us center ourselves and get in tune with ourselves. Um, to answer your first question, my day-to-day... Um, so I have really early clients. I, so just to give you a quick background, I have two main jobs. So I'm a yoga meditation instructor, both classes in a group setting and also private clients. Um, but I'm also a marketing consultant and it took me a while to figure out this schedule that works for me. So I do, I teach clients and do classes pretty much in the morning and afternoon Um, That's when I still have my voice and I still have that energy to host that, you know, just hosting a big room and to have that energy to do that. And then I zone in and I do marketing work on my laptop and have meetings and calls and all that later on in the day. And I, I like when they're structured off so that I can turn on that aspect of my life and then turn it off when I need to do something else. Of course. Um, and first thing I do in the morning is I, I wake up, I open my eyes. Um, I try not to snooze, but I definitely do. Um, but a practice, 
that really helps me because I wake up really early. Sometimes my clients as early as 6.30 or 7.30 and Alexa and I always connect on that because our Instagram <laughs> story is like we're, we're taking a selfie in the middle <laughs> in a cab at like five o'clock in the morning. Truly telling everyone what the weather's going to be like so everyone knows before they get out of the door and we're freezing. <laughs> oh, the life of a yoga instructor. Um, so it's really hard to wake up, especially when it's cold in New York and it's like, you know, 20 degrees outside. So this practice that I've taken on is, you know, sometimes even before I open my eyes and before, you know, my second snooze goes off is that I practice just naming like five or six things I'm really grateful for. Um, and this is a new practice. It's probably been activated in the last two years or so, um, just to help me bring forth all the greatness that's in my life. It helps like, me wake up. Like what possessed you to start practicing that though? Because I know I've done that and I've gone off the wagon, gone back on. But I remember for me when I started to do that, I really felt the need to honor and I always wondered why I stopped honoring it so for you like what made you start starting your day with whatever you were grateful for and how do you keep that continuously going because for me I again I start I'm good for two months and then Mm -hmm. I stop and I'm like Lex like you were doing so well what (laughs) happened like what the fuck happened I think it was I noticed a difference um, between doing it and not doing it. Mm-hmm. I think I left in the past, I left it up to chance of what my mood would be when I would wake up. Um, and certain days it would be amazing because the sun was shining and I was going to do really exciting things and certain things, certain days, things are maybe a little more, they feel a little more regular and not as special. And then my mood would dip. And I found as, you know, as I, I develop my routines and figure out my habits and how to live you know, truly positive life, I found that I couldn't leave that up to chance. I had to have a structured practice where I'm setting myself up to feel the best I possibly can first thing in the morning to get me out of bed and to get ready to just go through my day in the most present way possible and the most grateful way possible. Um, And that was starting off with just a simple naming five to six things you're grateful for. And, And they're so small. It's, I'm grateful that I'm able to wake up in a warm bed that it's safe all around me that my dog is safely sleeping at the bed she's gonna bring up (laughs) (laughs) that she's not barking her head off and she's healthy and safe and my significant other is healthy and safe my family is and I have the you know I'm lucky enough to wake up and do things that I love and I don't have to do something I don't love because Of of financial means or whatever Um, And they're so small, but they're so amazing because there could be a day that I could be without them. And it took a really long time to get here. So it's just, you're just grateful for those small little things that you can breathe. And I'm just curious, like how long have you been practicing that? Um, This specific waking up before your eyes are even open and practicing gratitude. um, I would say it's been going strong for the past two years. Wow. Um, and I think before that it was just, I left it up to chance. Like I said before, it was, you know, some, I think what really woke me up, I think to starting this consistently and not leaving it up to chance was it felt, and you know, there's so many definitions of this word and it it weighs so heavy, the word depression. Um, and it has, it has so many varying degrees depending on which psychologist you ask and which book you're reading. Um, but I felt a degree of it, you know, it was, 
understanding that I'm super lucky in this life. Um, I've been given a lot of things that most people don't have around the world, and yet I couldn't find the capacity to be incredibly happy. And I think it was just I couldn't bring myself to remember the things I'm grateful for. So I almost forced myself to remember them every day. I love that you just said that because I think in my own way, and for those who don't know me, I'm very OCD. I think for me, honoring those things for me is like making sure my house is clean, making sure I feel whole, making sure everything around me is perfectly the way that I want it so that I can feel good and motivated and stay on that like right lane. So for me, I feel like I feel like everyone does it in their own way mm-hmm. and prioritizes that in their own way. And I think for me, the best way for me to like be grateful and honor my own day-to-day life is by honestly keeping everything mm-hmm. around me pristine and good and everything always feel good. Like when you walked into my apartment, what did the vibe feel like? Like, but warm. It's like, it's a form of self-love. Yeah. It's taking care of yourself in whatever form it is to make sure that you show up to 100%. live. 100%. You know. And I think that's also why I created the vibe because it's about showing up for yourself and it's about the vibe that you create for your clients, for your home, for yourself. Mm-hmm. And as I was talking with my friend Pamela, as we were also just talking about friends, I treasure my alone time like more mm-hmm. than anything. So it's so important that I feel good about myself, mm-hmm. that my home feels good to me, that I feel good with you because when all those things are good, I can I can relax. Mm-hmm. I can be one with myself and feel that all those things are taken care of and good. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said that. And I guess my form is OCD, which <laughs> I'm sure that's a lot of people's, but I need to, I need to, I need to, you need to learn from that and I need to I learn could learn how you. to clean. <laughs> um... So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about um, your vibe of teaching. Because my vibe is a little bit, we've taught together and I love when you ended meditating because I think that's the best stepping stone for people to start meditating. But I would say my vibe is very lights out, not just hip hop music, really whatever I'm feeling, but... I just love incense. I love darkness. I love the feeling. I'm not going to call it a romantic vibe, but I love the feeling of love Mm. in a room. And I think that's why I love candles and I love flowers and I love those things so much. So for me, I feel like every time people leave my class, one of the things they say is like what you brought into the room, the smell, everything, like the music, they left with a certain vibe. And I love that. I like literally live for when people tell me that. So what do you think your vibe of teaching is or what do you think most of your clients tell you um it's a hard one mm-hmm. i think the vibe that i consciously create um when it comes to class or clients is that i have them tune into themselves and understand that when they're doing yoga meditation it's not for the sake of working out it's not for the sake of sweating it's for the sake of tuning into yourself and understanding how you feel at that moment. Um, and you know, an easy way to incorporate that in a very universal way is your breath, because everyone breathes. Um, so I have them close their eyes and just understand where they are in their body and their mind space at that very moment, because everything's always changing, everything's temporary, and that vibe within your body always changes. So it's honoring your space. It's 
if you're chaotic that day, if you're stressed out, if you're having a great time, if you're calm already, just honor that space and to accept it. There's no fighting it. Um, and to tune in, it's really accepting yourself for who you are and what you feel that moment and then working with that, moving through it, either if it's a slower practice like yin, a slow flow, or if you're going all out power, hot class, and you're vibing with that, it's tuning in to understand where you're coming from and then move from a very honest place. I love that. So personally, I know the process of being a yoga teacher and what comes with it and the hardships, the amazing upcomings of it. But for you, what would you say the toughest part of joining this community? Um, Specifically with trying to help enhance mental awareness and, you know, through meditation and yoga, what have you found to be personally the hardest part of that? Um, the hardest part of that, I think being in a city like New York City is that everything's so fast paced. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be able to drop everything off, you really have to instruct in a way where you're allowing people to create space for themselves. Um, I think if we taught somewhere else where... You know, there were more trees, there was more nature, um, and there was more space for people to tune into themselves. There wouldn't be such um, a lack of, I wouldn't say lack of, I think there would be, yeah, I, I guess a scarcity in the day to tune into yourself. And that's what the practice is. With yoga meditation, it's, you know, it, I think it's seen as like, you know, a spiritual thing or, or you know, whatever you want to paint that picture as but at the end of the day it's it's tuning into yourself and the toughest part is to slow down it's we're not going to come in here and start moving right away we're coming in to tune to ourselves before we start moving so you actually led me perfectly into my next question which is that I feel this I don't know if you feel this but I feel as yoga instructors or teachers or meditation guides whatever you want to call it I feel that we're misconstrued who we are, for example, every day, every single day, anytime I'm with Boomer, my boyfriend, having lunch or dinner or whatever, someone immediately says, oh, you want a green juice, don't you? Oh, you want salad. Oh, you're a vegetarian, right? And I'm not like offended or hurt by it at all, but like, I just feel like sometimes people think we're like these robots that like are vegan vegetarian like only have green juices like 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 literally like just pray to buddha and like <laughs> you know it's so fascinating because obviously we know each other and we like nice things and we like to go out to eat and there's way more to us than just the facade that you do see but with that being said do you feel that same way that i feel that we are often misconstrued and honestly placed in a box like a box mm -hmm. of just truly green juice spirituality this like that that girl teaches yoga she must be this kind of person mm -hmm. like this person is a nine to five person they must be that so like mm -hmm. I feel that all the time like even I think Justin feels it all the time he's like no she doesn't fucking want a green juice she doesn't <laughs> like green juice no she's never had a salad in her life so it's like I I'm always put into this box and I know that I was having a conversation with someone I know that when you have a lot of love in you you exude a lot of love and I feel like sometimes people take that the wrong way mm -hmm. and take it as like 
woo-woo or so happy, like, she's a yogi, she's, like, walking on air, and, like, that's, like, not the case at all Mm -hmm. whatsoever. But I do feel misconstrued a lot for those reasons. What do you feel? I I do think there's a... There is an there is an image of what a yogi looks like, um, and I think it's it's pictured as you know someone who's draped in white cloth and <laughs> eats a certain way. Maybe it's raw vegetables or ve- vegetarian, um, and you know constantly you know meditates and doesn't care about anything. Um, and to be honest, I probably had those perceived views as well, just because. I didn't dig deeper and I think that goes for everything in our lives, every industry, every person, every persona. Um, and you know, when I first started teacher training for, for yoga and and different disciplines and you know, pertain, you know, for those of you that don't know, the first basic training is 200 hours for yoga alignment and then it, you can add on with different disciplines. Um, and in the first training, I remember one of my teachers mentioned that you should go on a really clean diet, that you should be vegetarian, you should um, do these things just to cleanse your body to start. And, you know, I remember thinking, cool, thank you. <laughs> I will keep that in the back of my head, but not me right now. And maybe it will be one day. And honestly, that was 2013. We're in 2020 now, um, seven years ago. I became 95% vegetarian mm-hmm. two years ago, um, and I cheat all the time. Um, <laughs> so would you consider yourself vegetarian? No, I don't. Okay. Only because I'm not 100%, so I wouldn't right. call myself that. Um, I eat mostly vegetables, um, and that's only because I found... I did a little challenge two years ago, it was last January... Um, and it was to see if I did 30 days of just being vegetarian, if it would help my meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 30 days is actually too short of a time to actually say that it helped in those 30 days. So I extended it and that extension <laughs> lasted two years and we're still here. <laughs> That's amazing. So for me, I, I mean, you know me, I love burgers. I love cake. I love all of that stuff. But the one time I was actually influenced by food in, in a positive way was when I went to Kripalu a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and I learned about Ayurvedic eating and Jeremy Rocksmith, if you're listening to this, um, mm-hmm. I have taken in everything that he's talked about, you know, eating with the seasons mm-hmm. and whatnot. So for me in October, when I went for that whole month, I think I was, I was like truly so immersed in food. Cause I actually had someone teach me about it. Mm-hmm. Like before that, no one ever taught me about how to eat properly or what was in season or why you should eat what's in mm-hmm. season. You know, why why I shouldn't have a mango in January when they're in season in May. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first time that I'd ever been really, like, eye-opened to food and the difference that it can make. And in my three days there, on my second day, I had told Jeremy that I, I could eat late night all the time, as you know. <laughs> um, and I told him I had no craving. And I every time after I ate, I had no craving until... 
until that lunchtime or until that dinner time and I didn't need a snack at all and he was like that's because you're eating what your body needs mm-hmm. not everything you want you're just indulging 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 in these sweets and these things that you don't need yeah but once I was eating and when I left there I told him I was like I'm scared to leave because like I feel so good <laughs> that like I like need you in my life because it was I, I don't have that mental capacity to make those insanely beautiful meals every day but I will say I was so on it that those three days that I like felt so in line with my body I like knew where the potatoes were going and that they were helping me in my practice through here it really it really did it really really it like nurtured me in the way that I needed for Mm -hmm. that day and it's really it just fascinates me but with that being said I do think I'm misconstrued a lot for for that (laughs) I'm like the green juice doesn't eat meat girl and I totally do so I was just curious on your end if that was something that Eating People. in a present way. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's much more nourishing. Exactly. Um, when, you underst- when you're paying attention to what you're eating. And I think that's just rule of thumb. Whatever diet you choose. As a yogi, not as a yogi. And I had a question. Because I'm not as involved in your marketing world of life. Um, but do you feel that that world of marketing, since I assume that that must be way more to yourself and... Um, a little bit more intense on your own do you feel that that's helped you in your yoga business I think it's just because they're just very different kind yeah of. I you know now that I work for myself I only not that um not that I ever worked for a brand that I tr- didn't truly believe in but now that I'm I work for myself I truly only work for brands that feel really true to me and with people that I vibe with. Um, sorry, what was the first question? It was, do I think that yoga incorporate? Like, do you think? Do you think marketing? that marketing has helped your yoga business? I yeah, truly. I think I am. You know, I think as my practice grows, I'm trusting myself more and more. And in that, it's it's developing my authenticity mm-hmm. um, when it comes to teaching, when it comes to marketing. It's trusting my creative drive. Um, and when I recommend something or when I create a program for a certain client, it's really trusting that this is the direction and this is the tone that we should go in. I think in the past, it's 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 less of that trust. It's like looking to do all the homework, all the research um, in order to develop that plan and now it's there's a little bit more intuition involved Mm -hmm. than the analytical side and and that is definitely necessary Mm -hmm. um but i believe when you are trusting yourself you become more creative awesome i was just curious because you and i never really talk about the marketing aspect of your job so i was curious because just curious if that would elevate me in my life or you know I work with a lot of brands as well but I don't work with them on a marketing perspective I work with them more on a PR perspective where I help them build and whatnot um but I was just curious if you felt that that was something that you know has really elevated your career because you've been doing this longer than I have Mm -hmm. so I would assume that that's got to be helpful especially in like I feel like in our world it's like and I'm sure a lot of women would say this, but even asking for pay raises or mm-hmm. asking for 
benefits or whatnot. Like, I feel like the marketing side has to play a nice role in understanding mm-hmm. how to ask for those things mm-hmm. or how to understand those things. Yeah. I think as my, my meditation practice specifically um, becomes graduates not not graduate becomes stronger more consistent Mm -hmm. I trust in my my ability to do the things I do with my life better great I love that there's a sense of confidence there's a sense of standing your ground and rooting in and understanding what you deserve right um and I think that comes into valuing your work correctly and I just have a personal question for you but in terms of valuing yourself, how do you define valuing yourself? Um, in what sense? Elaborate on that. On a personal sense. Uh-huh. Like, in your own sense, like, self-love. Like, mm-hmm. what do you... I'm trying to find the right words for it. Maybe we'll come back to this one. Yeah. All right. So... Anything else you want to talk about meditation-wise? Because I was going to say, if you have any tips for beginners or anyone that's trying to get into it but just cannot commit, like, that hard yet. Mm -hmm. Is there any, like, apps or, you know, I know you just came out with a podcast about meditation that Mm -hmm. obviously I want everyone to hear, but anything that you would, you know, even if it's, like, sitting down and staring at the wall for three minutes, like, any tips that you've gotten that you think are good for beginning just to practice generally but with meditation I know I I see so many people ask me about it all the time with meditation and with practice what do you think I think my my simplest advice with meditation is that to let go of what you think it is I think it's so simple I think it's you can do it first thing when you wake up even before you wake you open your eyes it's that's the best time to do it yeah it's when it's quiet um, and you don't have to sit in a crazy cross-legged position till your legs go numb. Mm-hmm. I think if your hips are tight, you sit on a couch, you sit on a chair. Um, if you can have your spine upright, that's great. If not, prop yourself up with, you know, a pillow that you can sit on. So your hips are higher than your knees and you can, so you don't go numb. Um, and it's, if you can sit, you can meditate. If you can lay down, you can meditate. So anyone can meditate. You can do it with your eyes open if closing your eyes gives you anxiety at first. Um, or you can close your eyes and it's so it's as simple as counting to four mm-hmm. and then going backwards from there. It's truly, I think the simplest way to define meditation is just paying attention to yourself. It's paying attention to how you feel and honoring where you are and your space at that very moment. It's giving yourself a moment to just chill. To, to accept everything as is. From there, the techniques can get a little, you know, more complicated. And I listen to my podcast. I have really simple techniques that anyone can do. And I think, you know, when I first encounter people that are just first meditating, they always say to me at the end, that was simpler than I thought it would be. Um, it doesn't, ha- it's not complicated. There's no crazy things that you need to do I think people think in meditation you're supposed to have like some transcendental like realization or like something crazy when it's like not supposed to be that pivotal it's just supposed to be grounding yeah and I think it, it can go there it can be transformative it can give you a whole new mood it can give you insight about your life and about 
your trauma, your patterns, your stress, and give you a clearer version perspective of your life. All of that is available within the practice, but to get there, it's just simply letting everything settle. Imagine your stress is just, you're in a snow globe and all of your shit is just floating like snow around in a snow globe and you get shaken around. Um, and then meditation, laying down, sitting down, whatever you want to do is just letting that snow settle to the ground. That's all it is. I love that you mentioned trauma because I've had my own personal trauma and meditation has fully, fully helped me relieve some of that trauma. You know, taking the time to be with myself, to breathe. Because for me, I think that's the biggest thing is being, is being like, Lex, you can breathe. Like, mm-hmm. of all the things, it's like you have breath. You, mm-hmm. you can breathe, so, like, let go because I usually hold so much tenseness mm-hmm. up that, for me, I find meditation for myself to be almost a breathing technique because mm-hmm. that's how I let go of all that shit that's going on in the snow globe mm-hmm. by, like, truly taking a breath. And I, I think that's something to say for everyone. If you're ever stressed, take three deep, deep mm-hmm. breaths because it's crazy what a breath can do. And for me, meditation is breathing. Like, mm-hmm. I truly find when I'm, like, in a comfortable breath, and I'm sure everyone can understand when you're really nervous and the breath is going up and down. But when I'm in a comfortable breath line, I like know that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, that's where I find mental sanity and men- meditation. Mm-hmm. It's we hold, we hold stress in our body. We hold it within the mind space and within the muscles of our body. And when we breathe, we, like Alexa said, we, we, we have access to it. Everyone has access to their breath. Um, if you are not breathing, you are not listening to this podcast. <laughs> so we all have a breath and that in itself is meditation. It's just sending your breath to where you're stressing. And it's really important to to, re- to remember that, that truly taking a deep breath, like in a moment of stress or even in a moment of complete chillness, mm-hmm. it alleviates so much. Like yeah. really just taking a moment to be like, I can breathe, these are my lungs, I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to let go mm-hmm. of what no longer serves me, whatever that may be. And I feel like people, even though it's an innate thing that we breathe, I feel like people forget that part that we can like literally like take a nice inhale mm-hmm. and like like really like let go I feel like people forget that and for me that's a big form of meditation is breathing and not just breathing innately just breathing in Mm -hmm. in, with with intention yeah if that makes more sense yeah so is there anything else you want to add to you know the spiritual meditation side of things because I kind of want to get a little personal (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah we can go that direction (laughs) do you want to like tell everyone where you teach and whatnot and yeah, um, I teach at Equinox all over the city, and I teach at Pure Yoga, which is on the Upper East and the Upper West, um, and then I have clients all over, um, but yeah, that's the gist of it. I love you, Kat. So, because I do know the answers to most of these questions, <laughs> but I do want to get personal. So, I know that you grew up in New York City, and I want to know, as a native New Yorker, what is it like now living in New York as a wellness practitioner? Because before you were just a Brooklyn girl living in your Brooklyn world. Queens. Oh, right, right. Sorry, you were a Queens girl living in your Queens world. Um, yeah, I grew up mind in you, Queens. Mind you, I just want everyone to know that I, I thought until last month that Kat was from Paris. Because she goes like every two months, I'm not even kidding. And that she was Parisian and like that's who she was in like she's not she's from queens so i'm sorry to blow your cover but i thought she was parisian and she's not (laughs) 
<laughs> that blew my mind when you thought I was from Paris. Like how cool though. <laughs> really cool. I really wish that was true. Oh, you should have <laughs> gone. You should have gone with it. I could have, but really, I, I would have believed it. I would go. I would have gone on with it for five minutes and then forgot. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Fresh Meadows, Queens. Queens girl at heart. Um, yeah, and it's the whole. It's it's Queens is suburban. I mean, parts of it is. Um, Fresh Meadows specifically, there's lots of trees and neighborhoods and you get to play up and down the street and you have a backyard and you have birthday parties and the whole thing. <laughs> birthday parties. <laughs> yeah, no, truly. Because that's what makes it a suburb, birthday <laughs> parties. <laughs> it was lots of birthday parties. My backyard was bigger than my house, so we would host lots of birthday parties. Um, and th- that was my childhood birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense why, uh, you're a present girl. <laughs> um, um, and then I went away for college in Boston and I came back to New York. I actually transferred back to New York cause I wanted to be in fashion. Um, so then I was in the city. I lived on the Upper East side for a majority of my twenties. Um, and I loved it. I was so close to central park, which was great. Um, I worked a nine to six. Um, I was doing brand marketing at Equinox and it was an amazing, amazing job. I loved it. All of my coworkers were some of my best friends that I'm still really good friends with. Um, and But it's such a different way of experiencing New York now um, that I am a freelancer and I work for myself right. and I create my own schedule. And just walking over here to your apartment, I was just so grateful that I could create my own schedule. And I can enjoy... Going to a client at six o'clock, get a coffee at seven thirty, and then go to a Pilates class, and then not come just over any Pilates class. New York Pilates. <laughs> Did you go to Xander? I, I I love Xander, but I went to Javi this morning. Oh, Javi, you're great too. Yeah, we, we're, we're Xander fans. <laughs> no, but it really is such a beautiful thing to be able to create your own yeah. your own day. I mean, I you know I started my day super early. Today's my first Shabbat, everyone. I started making challah <laughs> and it's just like really nice to even have you come over and see like what the I did. The challah looks amazing. <laughs> you will see it in her stories later. I will let everyone know how it tastes. I the way it looks, it should taste amazing, but no, it's really really nice we get to um we get to you know, we had a nice 25 minute catch up and then we get to yeah. do this for a moment and you know, I'll go back to editing later, but it is really, really nice to create your own schedule and almost get to play and work yeah. and have both things. And, you know, you get to stay in one neighborhood mm-hmm. for a little bit of time. And it's if you make it work the way that you want it to work, New York is really one of the best places yeah. to work of all time. You're able to experience all the amazingness of New York when Central Park is not full of people on the weekend and go to a cafe they really love when there's less people and you're able to enjoy all the amazing aspects of New York um, during your off time. I, I so it's changed more. my perspective of what it feels like to live in New York as a freelancer now. And I'm assuming you prefer freelance oh, life so much more. A thousand more. percent. I yeah. can't go back. I mean, people always say to me, they're like, you really don't mind waking up at five. And my answer is, of course I mind. Of course no. it's like not the ideal world, but at the end of the day... I'm I'm so happy with what I do. Like maybe that whole transportation way there. I'm like I'm I'm canceling. I'm canceling. I'm canceling. Mm-hmm. But then I get there and I'm like filled with. I I'm reminded why I love what I do. It doesn't matter if I have to up at four thirty or five mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, but I did have a major major question for you, and it obviously goes with your work. But 
you've you are my most patient friend like <laughs> absolutely without a doubt the most patient person mm-hmm. I probably know how were you always like this or was this also something that you maybe had somebody tell you like you need to relax like you need to or were you always like just a very very diligent like patient human that's funny you say that because I don't I don't identify with being patient interesting um I don't believe I am patient Hmm. but I have had many people including yourself tell me that I am a very patient person interesting which is really interesting so it goes to say that maybe I I come off as a patient person and within my own body and within my own head I'm not um and I think as I'm growing as I am entering um my 30s I'm 30 this year and I'm entering 31 in a few months um I'm learning to really find peace in the silence um to really enjoy what people are perceiving me as when I'm I'm being patient um to find more peace in that to really really enjoy that quote-unquote patient I guess another reason why maybe I view view you as super patient is because you're you're also like one of the best listeners like you really like sit take it all in and then respond respond as opposed to me where I like need to jump in in the middle and be like blah, 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 blah. like like it's one of those things that like I feel like you always give me advice and it always relaxes me and I'm able to not jump to conclusions like what do you think it is about yourself that is able to give off that like relaxing vibe because you do have it uh-huh. it's not something that many people <laughs> it's not something that many people have I can tell you right now half of the people I know do not give me a patient vibe I think I, I think I try to understand first before um, I can give advice. I think, or or it, even if it's not advice, if it's just engaging in a conversation, I want to fully understand what's happening, what you're feeling, um, and I think that came with time. I think, and it came from the lessening of jumping to conclusions within my own experience mm-hmm. I find that when I don't listen carefully then I'm then projecting my opinions onto someone and what that person really is asking me to do is just to understand them and sometimes you know it's not even advice it's not even saying anything back it's the person wants to be heard a hundred percent and that's how I feel and I'm with you is like I always feel heard and that's not something you feel with that many people all the time so I just find that to be a quality that's very endearing and obviously as someone who is very high stress it's always nice to be able you're someone I can always go to and be like Kat are you around in five Mm. minutes like I really just need to like release this and sometimes I feel really bad because I don't want to like put my own stress onto you but you have a way of comforting and making me you almost put me in my own place and like give me that mothering love like and maybe you don't know this about your own self but that is you like make people Uh feel that way and like for me specifically like I know the amount of times I've like called you or texted you crying being like really upset being like I need you I need your advice I need this and that's not a quality that you can get from many people at all whatsoever that I probably only have two other people on my phone that I could actually do that with Mm -hmm. and I guess I just want to thank you for just being such a good friend and always listening to me because 
Listen, even, I think my therapist sometimes doesn't even listen to me. Like, I'm not even kidding. I think sometimes she's just like, I'm here for the dough and I got to go. Um, <laughs> I'm here for the dough and I got to go. I literally do not even mean for that to happen. So it's totally up to you if you want to share. But what's your personal life like? Like, what is your day to day? Like, what is, do you have a boyfriend? What do you like to eat? What, like, what's a day in the life of cats? It's starting the day. Um, we know it's in a very mindful way. Yeah. Meditation. It starts with you know a simple brushing my teeth. I put on all my face products. I give myself a facial in the morning. Yes, <laughs> love that. Love self care. It's super simple in the morning because there's not a lot of time and mm-hmm. it's really early. Um, but it's like serum, so you know all the lotions, and then I give myself like a little lymphatic drainage and then I pull it upwards so nothing sags (laughs) um and then I do this um I do this little thing where I'm standing in my kitchen and I use Sankalpa uh, not Sankalpa um Palo Santo um (laughs) I love what you just called it (laughs) Palo Palo Santo um and for those of you that know it's it's a type of wood mm-hmm. um that is very it's cleansing like sacred yeah. wood that's yeah very cleansing you light it up and it gives off a very um clean energy yeah. feeling it's a very specific smell um and i do a little meditation where i'm standing upright and i clean all my chakras mm-hmm. um and it, it's something i do standing upright super quick it literally takes less than a minute and then i make my tea um and i use really natural herbs and a lot of it draws from eastern medicine because i'm chinese and that's what i grew up with Mm -hmm. um it's a lot of mushrooms it's a lot of herbs and roots and all those things and i mix it up i pour my hot water into it i take it with me i go meditate and then i get ready and go to work um i go see my clients i have i i most of the time i skip breakfast um i usually eat breakfast on the weekends um but during the weekday i'll have my coffee i have to have my coffee and sometimes it doesn't happen before a client so that tea really really pulls me in and meditation to bring me into the present moment i'll have my coffee after the first client and i'll go through my day i'll probably move through my own body um and then i'll have lunch around 12 or 1 i do a sort of a 13 14 hour fasting mm-hmm. um and that started a few years ago mm, different variations i used to do like, like how often do you do them the fasting yeah um i pretty much do it monday to friday um and then wait on, so how does that work 13 hours yeah so my last meal will be you know 7 p.m or 8 p.m at night so um, you went so you ate today at what time so i haven't eaten yet right now what time yeah is like it? what will your food schedule be like today i have no idea what time is it now Twelve forty-five. it's twelve forty-five. so right after i i leave here i'll probably have my first meal um and it'll be something from juice press or juice generation or some sort of brought from spring bowl or two kitchens my favorite um yeah whole foods or i'll have something left over at home if i get to go home before um but yeah i'll fast for that 13 14 hour and it'll depend if i don't have enough sleep i'll i'll start eating earlier i'll have breakfast earlier um maybe after my first client i'll have food with my coffee but if i'm feeling great i got eight to nine hours then I'll wait till afternoon to pretty much have my first meal. I had meal. no idea you fasted. Yeah, it, it helps me kind of be the clearest. This mm-hmm. is my best time to be moving my own body and to pretty much get my stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that I operate the best. Uh, years ago, I used to do the Bulletproof coffee with like the butter and everything. Right. Um, and that worked great for me. 
um, throughout the whole ketosis process, but now it's so simple. It's just, I have a coffee and I last until afternoon or And what so. about like your weekend? Like what are like your like not work days? Like, like what do, I mean, I know what you do, but what are, <laughs> what's a weekend like for Kat? Like what do you like to do? Who do you like to hang out with? Mm-hmm. Do you like to, I know we both love to do Pilates, which we never do on the weekends. We only do it Mondays <laughs> or Fridays, which is the best thing ever. We don't do it on our off days. Weekends for me too are very I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Unless I have a client and I'm like, okay, I'll go see you, but I'm doing nothing else after right. that. Um, what is your, like, weekend like? My weekends are super chill. I I do not take clients. I do not do, you know, unless I'm working on a special project, I, I mostly don't work on the weekends. Like, after Friday, after 6 p.m., it's it's no work. Um, I think I took this from corporate life. That's the structure mm-hmm. um, that's in my head. And I take it as truly off time. I'll hang out with my boyfriend, I hang out with my dog, my family, my friends, if there's dinner or some special occasion that'll be planned. But other than that, it's a free schedule. Um, we'll, my boyfriend and I will play board games or watch TV. <laughs> well, this is a new thing. We'll meditate together. Um, we'll go to a yoga class. Um, and sometimes if he's off playing soccer, I'll do my own yoga flow. I'll do a recording of meditation or I'll just let myself free flow and do something creative, read my books. Um, I'm super, I'm pretty introverted on the weekends. Um, yeah. Unless there's we an event <laughs> or, you know, an occasion where my birthday party on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> that big Alexa event. Had a big event. <laughs> she had a 2 p.m. birthday party on a Sunday and it was totally preschool style, but I loved it that it didn't start late. It, it was, was great. Perfect. Everyone I got by seven. Everyone was home early. <laughs> This is what happens when you turn 30. You just, I mean, in our world, and honestly, like, those are my favorite times when I actually am with, and we were talking about this before the podcast started, like, true friendships, and, like, I was just telling Kat, like, my, all of my really close friends aren't close friends with each other, and on my birthday, I was actually able to have all of them there, and the way that they all vibed, it was like, I just knew that they would all get along so well. And it was like, it was like all my introverts came in (laughs) and extroverted for those 30 or, you know, those three hours or whatever it was, but it was really special. And I feel like I'm, I'm the exact same way. I'm like, unless it's an event and by event, I mean like, you know, something that really matters, like someone's birthday, or maybe Mm -hmm. if it's something work related that I think you know, truly will hold something in my body, in my place, or in my mind, or will level me up in some way, of course I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought it was interesting earlier we were talking about friendships, and I think it's, it's telling to show that, like, you know, when you say you're an introvert on the weekends... You are, but like when put in a when put in the right group yeah. of people, you're not even a, close <laughs> to an introvert. Um, but yeah, I had a birthday party a couple a month ago, and I had all my different groups of friends. And you never know how things are gonna work out. And it truly was like the best girl birthday party I could have asked for. And I was turning twenty nine, so that's a little pathetic to say, but it was so much fun. And it really is. It does show you that putting like minded people together, like really creates such a good energy and vibe Mm -hmm. and like everyone was just like giddy and happy and we had a puppy and like 
It's just good vibes, you know? It was all the threats of Alexa coming in. Stop it. <laughs> Don't make me blush. <laughs> so I do have one question that I thought um, was interesting since Boomer's not in this industry. Um, does Ben ever find this environment to be too much sometimes? <laughs> and when I say this, I say this because I know Boomer does sometimes. I know that sometimes he, he'll, look, for instance, when I... I'm not allowed to have Palo Santo in this apartment anymore. <laughs> but in my old apartment, he wouldn't even want me to light up Palo Santo. He'd be like, that smell is just not a smell I'm here for. Like, and I fully, fully... It's a strong under- smell. Yeah, and there, there's just, you know, and like, we went to a yoga class last week, and, you know, he's great. He's been open to, like, doing that, but it's the new year, and, of course, it's the biggest packed class ever. And, like, you know, he just wasn't about, like, the so many people so close and all of that and I fully understand that and I understand the you know sometimes people come to us and they like feel like they're our best friend because we do give everything we have but I do know that Boomer sometimes feels this like weird I won't say weird I would just say a misunderstanding Mm -hmm. of what it all is and I just wonder obviously you have a boyfriend as well Mm -hmm. what does does he ever feel that also or like kind of an again a misunderstanding of our world right I think I think this goes beyond um my relationship with my boyfriend I think it extends to my my inner circle with my friends um family too I think I I'm very passionate about what helps me um what centers me and what feels good for me so Mm -hmm. naturally you know if I care about you I'm gonna want to extend that to you I'm gonna offer even if it's unsolicited advice routines I'll share it with you because I don't want to leave that unsaid in case I'll help you right um so if I discover a book that really helped me or if there's some sort of insight about the universe about the world about my life about what I think about the future the past how to undo patterns and trauma Um, I will want to share with you and I feel like it's a disservice to not share it with the people that you care about and you love so much Um, and so much of that is yoga and meditation of course Um, but with that said I will share it but I do watch so that I'm not forcing my my habits totally uh, my lifestyle on anybody and I'll offer it out there I'll, I'll send you know a calendar invite I'll share, you know, whatever I'm reading with you um, and my different habits and, and things. And I'll, I'll share that seed with you because it helped me. And, and, and for me to stay silent about it is, you know, feels it's a, like... It's a disservice to yeah, others. I feel like it's not, it's, it's not sharing a part of yourself. And the people that truly love you and are a part of your life really are interested in those things of about course. you because it's your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll plant that seed. I'll throw it out there in whatever shape or form. And um, if you care for it, then you'll nourish that seed. And maybe it'll blossom a second later. Maybe it'll blossom five years later. Right. Um, if it doesn't, then it never sticks. And that's fine too because that's cool. If it didn't serve you, then it didn't. Because everyone's different and, you know, I know my meditation teacher has planted so many seeds with me. Um, Different things. He was like, you should start a dream journal. It took me six years to start one. Um, He said that I should be, you know, I should eat vegetarian just to keep my body pure, to, to, to meditate, to 
keep clear it took me many years to do that Mm -hmm. and I think the people that care about you will will share what's helped them and what sticks will stick and Mm -hmm. what won't will fall to the wayside and that's all cool and I really love that you continue to bring up trauma and that you do want to share what's going on with you because in these moments where I feel judged or I feel that people may be looking at me in a certain way I feel like people forget that you don't know what someone what's gone on in someone's right. life or the traumas that, that may have happened. And our practice, although I fully understand that people may see it as woo-woo and a little bit kooky and a little bit odd, I have found it more than healing. And, you know, I think even with Boomer, I, I mean, Ben works in wellness, so I think he has a little bit more of a rounded view of it, but I think Boomer really notices it, you know, when... I leave New York Pilates and he's like, I get, I get, now I get where you were before you left to Pilates and how you are after. And this is why you need to do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't always like that. Right. Um, but I was just curious what he thought about just this whole, just this whole world that I think when we first started dating, I think he, he found it charming. He was like, Oh, there's this cute little human being that like, cares about what kind of almond milk where the almonds came from (laughs) and which farm it got sourced from and I had to ask a million questions before I had I ordered a latte and I think he thought it was cute in the beginning and then when it took me 10 minutes to order a coffee or to order anything he found it a little bit annoying and you'll have to ask him um Ben's been on the podcast before Ben's, Ben's the best <laughs> yeah so you'll have to ask him no, that question how he feels about I, it now I agree I think people think it's like charming but then I think once they're deeper in they like are like what's up with you what's up what's up with this world what's up with your friends like and I and I get it like I'll never forget one night um it was a full moon I forget when it was but it was when it was warm and I took all of my stones and I put them in my pocket and I went outside <laughs> and I came back in and Boomer was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm recharging my crystals. And he was like, what? And like, honestly, I've never seen someone laugh so hard. And like, I don't blame him. Like, I honestly was standing on the corner of Ninth and University holding my crystals out as if like, that's the norm. And like, it's not the norm, but like, you know, it's moments like that where like, he's like, but why? And I'm like, cause it makes me feel good. Okay? It makes me feel right. <laughs> well, I had a similar moment. Ben, ben saw... I, I have crystals as well. And, um, you know, we won't go into it, but, you know, every stone has its own healing power. <laughs> and you have to take it outside in direct sunlight to recharge them and to clean their energy. Um, different stones can clean the other stone's energy. And, yeah, Ben was like, look, there's a stone on the floor. Do you want that one? <laughs> It's just so, Um. it's just so funny, like, the little things that I did, like, that, for instance, he was like, what are you doing? I was like, recharging my stones, duh, and he's like, I've never heard of such a thing, um, but anyway, Kat, I obviously love having you, I love having you over, I'm so glad that you got to see my holla, like, honestly, I'm, like, so glad anyone got to witness it, you know that I treasure our friendship and our time together, and I'm so glad that my people can hear about what you do and hopefully they can take meditation and you know this practice into their everyday life whether it be meditation yoga whether it just be cleaning something new to practice every day to make a ritual to start with to start something today 
that will benefit your life ongoing forward every single day. And I think that that's something that you and I always do. And we're always trying to, I wouldn't say we call each other out, but we try to level each other up and tell each other, like, for Mm -hmm. instance, when I started the podcast, I was like, Kat, just do it. Just Mm -hmm. do it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, actually getting Ben on. We're like, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Just do it. And I feel like we're really good at, it's not pushing because I don't want to call it pushing. I think it's directing each other and what we think will be better mm-hmm. for the next year. And we both knew that we needed to do certain things to level up for 2020. And I feel like you're like me. We don't need resolutions. We're intentions kind of people. And I feel like with me, you always have the best intentions of all time. And I feel I feel with you and I hope you feel the same. <laughs> that my intentions for you are always 100% nothing but like pure kindness and you know, I hope anyone listening to this can feel our vibe because it's a really strong one. And I have said it to Ben a thousand times, but I thank him all the time for introducing <laughs> us because I got a best friend and I feel so, 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 so lucky for that. And I'm so glad you could be on and I'm so glad people could hear your voice because it's my favorite <laughs> voice. So thank you so much, Kat. I love you. Thank you for having me. And I think just to leave up, I think the, in- the intention of kindness and compassion and I think when the intention of suffering of patterns and you know all the positive and negative things that we perceive in our life they're all the same and I think it's more often than not there's a commonality and I think if we are able to hone in on that we're able to connect with each other better Um, and Alexa said the importance of routine and having routines in place and sharing that with your friends and family and people who may need it um sharing advice with people who may not even be open with it yet because you plant a seed and you don't never know where that seed can take them um especially when you think that someone doesn't need it they especially need it because you don't know we really just don't know and that's something i always try to tell people you never know what the person on the subway is feeling next to you you just don't know you just don't know that's why we that's why i started the vibe because you have to radiate those vibes for the people who need it the most and that's why i did this we can talk about the things the wellness things that make us feel good in hopes that someone else can feel good and i think that that's so important I know we're running out of time. I'm going to share one funny story really, really fast. We're not running out of time. We can continue going. I'm just like looking at the time and making sure. I was on the subway the other day (laughs) and this woman, super kind, she was sitting across from me and I was sitting across and I was listening to Callum Scott and I guess I was like in my head, super like feeling everything and my eyes, I guess I was just, I was just chilling. I was just relaxing. I just finished some work and I was just staring out and just relaxing and glazing out and then she looked at me and I had my earphones on. I had to actually take them off to, to hear what she was saying. And she was like, are you okay? She was really concerned. She was like, are you okay? <laughs> and then I was like, I'm Were sorry. You like what? eyes closing? Were you like Yeah, in? I was super <laughs> in myself. And she was like, are you okay? She was really concerned. She came from a, such a genuine place. And I was like, oh, me? I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. And then she was like, oh, so that's just how you look like. That's just, that's just how you are you're like fuck you <laughs> you're like that's then, just how i look she was like. like i was like oh my god i was like well thank you so much for expressing concern like i could have been unwell i could have been busy and not well and just like you know just just like 
I don't know, just being dizzy on the subway, yeah, which could happen. You. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, uh, she was like, oh, that's just how you are. Just like, that's just your facial expression. And I was like, I kept thanking her. I was like, thank you for checking on me. I was like, you didn't have to do that. But thank you for being brave enough to check if I was well. 100%. And then I was like, okay. And then after that, I got off of my stop and I went home. And then I was like, Ben, do I look unwell? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's another thing. When people, that, that's for another podcast episode of people telling you how you look when you feel and look fucking fine. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I just truly appreciate humans checking on humans. Like, total stranger. You don't know me. You don't have to give a shit if I was fainting on the train. But that's like true human connection it. and love. Like, even though what she may have said isn't that kind, <laughs> that that's how your face is. What she meant deep within was yeah, like, her are you okay? Is everything okay? Yeah, like, are you all right? Can I help you in any way? And that's what she meant. Um, and I thought that was such a kind, kind thing to do in a really busy, busy city where you don't have to give a shit about what anyone is doing. And I think, and I think <sighs> that's where we'll leave off because I think we both feel this way that in this really, really busy city, if you don't treat everyone the exact same way <laughs> that you'd want to be treated, what yeah. are we doing? Especially like you and I, what practice are we really being true to ourselves right. if we're not appreciative that that person is looking out for you instead of maybe thinking, why is she talking about my face? Yeah. Like, I feel like that separation that we have that we're able to distinguish the kindness over maybe the rudeness is something that I hope everyone can take into that and kind of, you know, even earlier how we were saying that you listen to people. Like, you mm-hmm. you really take a moment and listen. It's like, 